What's your retirement plan? Do you have one of those, uh, a Roth IRA? I think I'm going to have, I don't really know what, they said technically it's like a TSA, which I don't know what that means in the context of taxes. I was going to say, I believe so. that is yeah, something like, that's at the, the wrong, airport. It's the wrong industry there. No, yeah, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what it means. Honestly, mm -hmm. like we actually didn't talk about retirement that much. They just gave us like this big handout on it and we're like, fill it out and stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't really know what I'm doing here. So I texted Evan like, what should I do? That's a good idea. <laughs> He's going to give me some tips, I think. I mean, I could just be like, yeah, just sign me up for like this, you know, whatever the whatever you call it, where. I don't know, where it's just like a simple plan where it's like, hey, I want to retire in like. 2060 figure it out for me and they're like okay we can do that hmm. like i could just do that my plan is just work until i'm dead yeah i was gonna say really my retirement plan is to die um that's definitely what it is right now since i'm not saving anything yet but soon yeah, i will be i can relate to that <laughs> someday i'll die it was like one of those things where I'm like, 2060, that's not a real year. <laughs> we live in a time where the expectations for young people are pretty low. It seems like it's hard to be taken seriously when you're young, even in the church. In 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul says to let no one look down on you for being young, but to set an example for others instead. Well, there's really no time like the present. So join me and my friends as we talk about what it means to be a young Christian today. My name's Alec, and this is Despised for Youth. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dissonant Friend Yoga, the only podcast on the internet that I'm aware of, that specializes in the flexure of your body, uh, specifically for the reuniting of friends that have uh, been scorned to one another. Uh, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> scorned to one another. <laughs> They've been scorned to one another. Wow, firing on all cylinders today. Yeah, this is Despised for Youth, the podcast that, for some reason, we decided to do a new acronym every single week and it's getting pretty hard so <laughs> we're really trying and the internet is not helpful <laughs> the internet tries to be helpful but lacks quite a bit well anyways uh as w uh, with me as usual is my co-brother slash host grant say hello grant <clears throat> hello give us a, a brief introduction of your expertise um, to dissonant friend yoga. Yes. Um, I stretch a lot, but like I, I is this a bad time to say I've never done yoga? Well, but how do you feel I about stretch yoga? a whole lot? What's your uh, what's your? That's not what this episode is about. I know, but we do. We just need we need a oh, brief dear. little. I want to know how much of uh, cultish you've listened to. I was gonna say that's like just throwing at me like so great like how do you feel about <laughs> how do you feel about the enneagram so great like, let's talk a about longer abortion. conversation <laughs> i had a conversation about the enneagram the other day because as part of this training i'm in we do an enneagram training and yeah that's a longer conversation 
<laughs> I take it that conversation. Uh... It went fine. It was good. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. It was Glad fine. You, like using your your demonic tool. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> this is I, I, a little bit from relevance. Even if yeah, I'm not. I will say I think they did. If it's like if you're gonna do the enneagram, they did it the best way they possibly could have done it, where there were a lot of qualifiers and stuff, but it was still kind of <laughs> like, why are we doing this? But that's a longer conversation. <laughs> Same that. with yoga. All right, I got. But you. for yoga, I really like Greek yogurt and uh, um. About the kind yeah, and the that, tubes. I haven't had that since I was since I was a wee lad and. It was good though. Um, yeah, uh, I like the the tricks. You know the the tricks kind where it had like oh the two gosh. colors and, and you, you mix it together, together brown. into like this crappy gray. And for some reason, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember like for school lunch sometimes you would get like French toast sticks and, and <laughs> tricks. <this> gi- <laughs> yeah, and like this giant sausage that like <laughs> was actually pretty good, but it's yeah. like you know that. That thing was really nasty. questionable. Yeah, always look nasty. It's definitely good, and that lunch was not very like filling or anything. But you know, yeah, sometimes, I, sometimes I, I wonder how I turned out. Like, I'll, I'll just eat pretty much anything, and Tori's like pickier than me. And I think the reason is she brought her lunch growing up, and we just did that could school be. lunch. Yeah, because, like, school lunch is just, like, whatever they had, it's just, like, that's what you get. And yeah. you're, like, all right. And you, like, look forward to when it's something you like. And... They're, like, mm, we need more toppings for the casserole. Well, let's just scrape whatever's hardened onto the grill and we'll sprinkle down on top. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I I mean, I legitimately never thought school lunch was that bad. No, our school was, was not too bad, so can't really complain too much well i also didn't really have it in high school so i don't really know you know like i can't maybe by the time my palate was more developed into that of a near adult like maybe i would have been like i don't like this food but but yeah that's true you didn't really get the high school experience but the high school food was actually better yeah i got it for like half a year so the only complaint i remember then is days when you're just like that wasn't enough food (laughs) and that's just the reality of high school, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's, I mean, um, thanks, Michelle Obama. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Michelle Obama took away the mini corn dogs from the kids? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask if she listens to this podcast. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, yes, of course. Maybe. <laughs> don't be silly. She wouldn't miss it. Well, Michelle, if you're listening, I really dogs. hope you didn't take away the mini corn dogs. If you did, I guess kind you have understand. no power now to bring them back. But, but those were, you know, those are the best mini corn dogs. Somehow better than a full size corn dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other day we were—I think we were in a Whole Foods—and I, I don't ask. 
<laughs> regrettably in a Whole Foods. And uh, I saw they had like mini corn dogs. And of course they were like $9 because it was Whole Foods. <laughs> but I got super excited. And I was like, Tori, have you ever had these? And she's like, no, what are they? And I'm like, they're the best. And we didn't Hadn't buy them because they $9. She didn't still. even have like a corn dog until she was like 20 something. Oh yeah, though, that's right? true. No, she didn't have a corn dog. Like you were married we before were she least... had a corn dog. Was it? I was going to say at least engaged. I couldn't remember if we were married I want to say not. it was after you were married, because I feel like you remember telling me, like, you guys were living together and, like, you had bought them. Yeah. So, I was, you know, when you think about it, it's like in Tori's list of life experiences, <laughs> getting married came before you <laughs> 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 a I know. I... I remember it <laughs> blowing my mind when I was like, you what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Did she like it when she had one? I think she said it was like fairly good. It was, I want to say it was like a Trader Joe's corn dog. So it wasn't like the, you know, the honey glazed traditional. Kind. It probably had like organic like ham in it or something. Probably. But... And like a cutesy name. <laughs> it probably did but anyways a name that's like a full paragraph <laughs> mm. yeah i don't i don't shop at the trader joe very much that makes you a joe trader <laughs> the other kind of trick no that would be Thank if i you. shop there all week and then stop shopping there that would make me a that's a trader that would make you a joe trader a trader joe's trader <laughs> And if my name was Joe, I'd be a trader. Trader's Joe. Tr wait, <laughs> Trader Joe's Trader Joe would be my name. <laughs> and if Trader Joe's was owned by two traders named Joe, it'd be Trader's Joe, Trader Joe's Joe, <laughs> <or> Trader Joe. <laughs> Let's keep this going. What oh, else gosh. can we come up with? <laughs> okay they, like, so if you <laughs> if on top of that you had uh a couple <laughs> if you had some coffee that you made out of that's what spuds, i was gonna say it'd be traders joe trader joe trader joe's tater joe <laughs> i can just tell you're like silently laughing yeah this is the whole podcast this week <laughs> Just buttons on Trader Joe's. I don't Joe's. know if I can go any further than that. Yeah, I, th I think you got to stop somewhere, you know. Okay, well, that, those are Grant's qualifications. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where we last were. Let's follow the line of jelly beans left yeah. back to where we started. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. so Despise for Youth, uh, we talk about different aspects of christianity and theology uh specific to our day and age and we are youth and we're trying to be mature and informed so all opinions are given without the express permission of god because we're just trying our best from the bible but uh this week we're going to be talking about dealing with difficult people but before we get into that, there's a very important thing that we have to talk about first. Grant, what is the flavor of the day? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because I was actually wondering if you were going to ask, but just wondering that did not make me come up with a flavor. So um, flavor of the day, we're going to say um, 
Banana butterscotch. I Have think is a pretty seen good that anywhere? one. Banana butterscotch? Nope, but it sounds pretty good. I knew, you know, I thought of banana, but like as I was saying, mm-hmm. and I was like, just banana is not enough. So banana That's butterscotch. Well, the first time we went to Gillies, they had like a banana fudge, and I was really skeptical because I typically don't like banana stuff, but it was super good. So yeah, I like my banana anecdote stuff. about bananas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the flavor of the day. So yep, flavor of the day. But yeah. that brings us back to Despise for Youth, the whole purpose of here besides making little Trader Joe, whatever that was. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about dealing with difficult people. And I think starting with the word dealing kind of already sets it off on the bad note. Uh, let's say we're going to be talking about how to, uh, how to best interact with people that are difficult. Um, this is something that I think is relevant to us all because we all have people that we don't get along with super well. Some of those people are in the church and some of those people are outside of the church. And I think the obligations are different for each one. Um, and I guess the best place to start off is why we have to do this. Like you can't just shut difficult people out of your life. I, uh, Paul says pretty clearly in Romans, I believe it's Romans 12. He says, Oh, no one, anything except to love one another. And there's much more said in there about, you know, outdoing one another in honor and, um, showing brotherly love. And I think that gives us very little room to say, well, I don't, you know, if I don't really like someone in the church, I, I don't have to deal with them. You just, you just really can't say that. So, um, do you have anything to add before I segue no, into I mean, something or? I think that's a good intro. I was, I want to see where you're, where you want to start it out, you know? Yeah. So I think the first place to start it out is, Grant, what for you makes someone difficult? Or can you just kind of show us that you're a human person and not some like robot pretending to be a human? You, you've had difficult people, right? Yeah, I'm not a robot. I know what a, what a sidewalk looks like, you know? And um yeah no um to some degree i think it varies based on your personality like who you're gonna find difficult i mean there's some things where it's like if someone is just a jerk and they you know they steal your lunch from the fridge every day or whatever like obviously everyone's gonna find that person difficult but there's Mm -hmm. probably also you know individual things that could make someone difficult to you um depending on your relationship with them uh well, one thing to break oh no sorry go ahead oh uh, i was just gonna say i think one thing that is interesting is oftentimes like the people who become the most difficult to you they only become that way because of the amount of time you're exposed to them you know whether it's like a roommate or like a coworker, it's like if you just like met them or like knew them a little bit they would probably not be a difficulty but because you're around them a lot like they you realize things that make them difficult or, you know, whatever it is, like you get into conflicts. Yeah. That's one of the big things about marriage where everyone uh, is like, wow, it's going to be so hard. Marriage is really hard. And it's like, I've had a roommate before. I get that it's difficult. And of course with marriage, there are increased expectations. And I think that's where the stakes can get higher because you're more likely to get upset because yeah, you're not really looking for the same level of attention and whatnot from your roommate as you are from your 
husband or wife, but, um, yeah, the longer you're exposed to someone, it definitely can, your, your tolerance changes and the things that bother you changes. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, is there's why... also, a... no, go ahead. I was just going to make a joke about you. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say there is difference obviously between like people who, you know, I guess either friends or fellow believers, especially where they're difficult just in the sense that they do some things that get on your nerves, you know, like anyone mm-hmm. who's had roommates, like you will find, you'll figure out, you know, what they do that annoys you. Um, and, you know, for me, it's like if my roommates like are bad at cleaning or something or like they are very loud or something, it's like, OK, that might be annoying and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know if that is necessarily something like enough to label someone as a difficult person. Mm-hmm. You know, I think someone being a difficult person, you know, to you, it is subjective, obviously, but probably has a lot more to do with their personality, especially, you know, their attitude toward you. Like there's a difference between I have had roommates who they're like not very like clean or whatever it is but it's like if i went and told them something they were doing that was bothering me they would be eager to like change it and like make it right versus like someone who just doesn't care or you know is like outright like mean to you you know that's a Mm -hmm. very different sort of difficult yeah and this actually gets into what i was hoping to get into next um the two main difficulties that I can think of are one, someone who's difficult because of personality clashes or things that aren't, uh, aren't as serious. And then the second one is people who are difficult because of conflict and, and sin in a lot of cases. So, um, I think we can talk about the first one first because, uh, that's kind of what we're already talking about. But I think for me, just to kind of start it out, one of the things that is, more difficult for me is uh, the personality clash where someone is extremely talkative and kind of bores me, which is very, very stupid. That's a very stupid thing to find difficult. But um, alongside that, like that's a, that's a small personality thing, just <clears throat> not having aligned interests uh, that can be um, you can sort of have this attitude. I This kind of reminds me of uh, this joke Tori and I have. I call it special boy syndrome. It's when anything in medical school, I don't want to do it, where I'm like, oh, we have a mandatory lecture, and then I always say, special boy doesn't want to do it. And so we call it special boy syndrome. So it's like, is it really bad? Like, did they really do something bad, or is this just SBS? Um, so th- that's more a case of SBS right there, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, the personality clashes that I, I truly find difficult are, um, I think when people are very headstrong and very assertive, uh, and basically what I'm getting at here is when they act like I do sometimes in conversations, it can bother me. And, uh, you know, that says, something in and of itself but that's kind of the difficulty that i find interpersonally for me um what about you i'm pretty similar yeah and i mean yeah i think what we're talking about here is like if we were to rank difficulties it's like this one is a small difficulty yeah because a lot of the time it is like it's really my problem you know if i find this difficult right i mean i have the same thing where like 
if someone just like personally i find it hard to talk to people who will like talk at length about a subject that i am just not interested in and on the inside i'm going like how can they not tell that i'm not interested in this and i'm not yeah you know, exactly like, but yeah it's like that's not bad you know that's not a sin that's not like an issue it's just like something that bothers me so it's really just something i need to get over and like love them mm -hmm. anyway you know and maybe we're not going to be best of friends but like if i'm being rude to them or something then that's my you know that's me responding to it badly yeah uh, I think this this gets into a little bit of why this is clearly not something that you can fault someone for because a lot of it comes down to people's love languages, you know, if you, you buy that whole sort of thing, and then just how people like to relate to one another and how they show interest and, you know, kind of as you described, I know people who everything they say, like you're trying to get one story, but it has like three different offshoots that turn into other stories inside of it and you're like oh my gosh I like I need to go home um but stuff like that's like you know this person is interested they're, they they want to share their life with you they like talking to you and yeah this it's clearly like this is one of those instances where um finding someone difficult is because you don't have the patience that Christ would have had with this person um before I go into what do we do about this? Do you have anything you want to add? Well, you kind of mentioned like a separate sort of personality clash where it's like maybe the person is kind of rude or, you know, mean. So it's like, what if it's more, you know, there's kind of an issue where it's like, well, this is my problem. You know, this is just based on my personality, really. Like, you know, I'm the source of the clash. Like, what if the source of the clash is them where it's like you're, you know, I've had people, you know, co-workers where it's like you try to be nice or something, but they just have like a really bad attitude, even if it's not like directed to you. It's just like, I don't find this person very pleasant. You know, what about that? That that I would say is kind of like a step up. If someone's like rude or abrasive, I think that's different where, you know, if you see things that are actually like maybe deficiencies where you think like this person shouldn't behave like that. It's not just a behavioral thing. I think that's somewhat of a different scenario, but I mm -hmm. think the answer is the same, which, you know, what do, what do we do about difficult people when it's personalities or how, I, I guess in some sense, like how sanctified people are when it comes to the church. But, uh, the bottom line I think that it comes down to is you have to view the, or you have to have a, a, an understanding of what the purpose of these interpersonal relationships is. And it's not, you know, you to benefit from it. It's not just so you can get what you want from people. And uh, we have to view people like Christ viewed people and, you know, want to serve each other. And uh, that goes both in and out of the church where we're supposed to have that attitude. Um, Anything you want to say here? No, yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, obvious. it's like, it sounds very simple to just be like, well, the answer is that you're supposed to love them. And it's like, okay, yeah, simple answer, but harder to, you know, obviously carry out, especially if it's, you know, you don't have much choice but to interact with this person. If it's like a job situation, mm -hmm. whether they're your coworker or your boss, even, you know, I can... yeah make things very difficult yeah 
So I, I'm going to invent a rule right now, uh, a, a theorem, a postulate, in case you don't have a thesaurus on hand, that's <laughs> what I'm inventing. Uh, I would say that the more friends that you have or the more people you have in your life that, you know, they would consider you friends as well, that you find difficult, th- probably the better you're, you're living your life, like the more nobly and virtuously because if every single person in your life uh like you just get from all that shows is that you're you know you're popular and people want to be around you and it's like okay well you know that's nice that's a good thing but um if you don't if you don't have friends in your life who you're giving to and uh it can even be a drain i think that just maybe maybe you're not outside your comfort zone enough um Mm -hmm. like maybe you're not Maybe you're not showing enough love to other people and serving enough people. And uh, I, I know I have uh, at least a few friends in my life who are, they're, they're more work than benefit at times. And uh, by benefit, I just mean like, you know, they're more work than benefit. I mean, like it can be a draining a lot talking to them. And that's because, you know, different people are at different stages of their life. And of course, it, it's going to fluctuate. And, you know, we have times where we become a huge uh, drain on some of our friends. And it's like, if you're not, if you're not having those moments where you're there for someone and you're being a friend to them, uh, despite it being difficult, you know, you're not really, you're not really having that opportunity to show like selfless love. And I think that's, something that we should seek to do and you know granted maybe uh, maybe just the situation is you don't have that a lot but I think that's kind of something to think about if it's like gee all of my friends it's only ever like peachy keen all the time and maybe all your friends are just you know your Fortnite buddies and it's like okay well you know maybe you're never talking about life but uh I mean do you do you have people in your life of friends who you know can be difficult but you still you know, you're, you try to be a good friend to them. Yeah, for sure. And like, I want names. I, <laughs> I'm just... It's you. I think your theorem's probably Oof. right. It's unless like, you know, if you find everyone in your life difficult, then clearly you are the least common denominator. Yeah, you know, that's you're true. Probably, you're probably, that's the where problem, the theorem but... breaks down. <laughs> yeah. But you know, other than that, I think like Can't it makes divide sense. By zero. Where, I mean, you know, it's the whole thing with like, you know, everyone's, I don't know how many people actually say it seriously, but like, you know, you hear like, oh, cut the toxic people out of your life. And it's right. like, well, as a Christian, no, you know, because, you know, that's so that's a very selfish thing to say, honestly, right. like just have the mindset of like, I'm only going to pe- like, I think you do hear it phrased more positively, actually, when people are more serious about it, where they say like, you know, surround yourself with people who are going to like build you up. And it's like, Yes, but if you're avoiding anyone you find difficult, essentially, you know, whoever you, what you know, you could consider them toxic, or it could even just be someone where you're like, you know, you're not really like, you know, benefiting me at all. I'm not really getting anything mm-hmm. out of being friends with you, so I'm not going to put any effort into this relationship, then that's a problem. You know, you should definitely have people that, like you said, that you're pouring into if you're a christian like it's kind of your duty to be discipling someone at least to some capacity you know it might not even be a formal like relationship but basically if you're never spending time around people that you could be growing or evangelizing or something then you're doing it wrong yeah 
or, or a third thing, <laughs> then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the whole mindset of removing toxic people from your life has very little place in the church because, you know, we were, pr- sin is pretty toxic. That's, that's like a good way to describe it. And like, we were pretty toxic towards God and yet he didn't cut us out. In fact, he like grafted us in. Cause I'd, I'd say like most of us on the earth are Gentiles. I'd say the vast majority of us are Gentiles and yeah, God didn't do that for us. So like, first of all, that's not anything we see modeled, but uh, there is a very small place for that. I think if it's, you know, you have people in your life that just like constantly drag you into sin, whether it's because, you know, they're trying to make you or it's just like you don't have the willpower and self-control to be a witness to them, like to live in the world, but not be uh, uh, of it or not be conformed to it. That That's kind of an instance where you need to distance yourself. But this whole like cut people out of your life thing, it's just... Like, we need to stop being so self-centered and, like, you know, being like, I need to do this for my mental health. And, like, you know, I I don't even know. I worked at a mental health nonprofit for a while, and I, I don't think that's the right mindset of, I just got to cut people out of your life because that's, that just, that's poor conflict resolution skills. Like, you kind of need to do it in a, in a healthier way than that. Um, but that aside... Yeah, some of some of the best uh, advice I've ever gotten on the idea of love, like loving other people, is that love is self-sacrificial. Like, you know, it should feel like you're sacrificing something to love right. someone in some way. And <clears throat> I think the, the kicker, you know, is that uh, love is often not returned. So it's like if you are... Right. If you're... If all your relationships are based on, you know, you're in that relationship because you get something from it, then that is a sign that, you know, your relationships are not characterized by love. And even I would say if you have a relationship where you're like, oh, I'm like pouring into this person, but it's like you're doing it from a selfish motive, either because you think it makes you like holier or you just like. Mm-hmm. can brag about it or pat yourself on the back about it you know that that's not really like true love is like you're in it and you're not expecting anything in return which to me like it's just like the more i think about it, it's like wow that's like intense honestly like i i feel like i'm learning that like what that means more and when you're yeah. in a relationship like that you're like wow this is actually really hard but you know obviously it's like love you know that's those are true statements about love because that's the kind of love that God has for us. You know, he obviously did not <clears throat> earn anything from loving us. He doesn't get anything in return and it was obviously self-sacrificial. So, you know, if you want to mimic God's love, I guess, like that's, those are the criteria and they're difficult. Yeah, it's difficult in this day and age because I think we're kind of, we, we've been conditioned a little bit to want some sort of reward from virtue and sometimes that reward is other people knowing or just some sort of feeling or or anything and um social media probably conditions us a little bit but i think even beyond that it, it is like just a natural human thing to want uh to like to benefit from these things but exactly like yeah. you said like even uh, like, like i love think is sacrificial even i think like um for lack of a better way to put it 
well, no, I don't know what label I want to give to it, but you know, there's a lot of people out there in the world who are generally like, no, I won't say it that way. I'll just say like, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, they, they go out into the world and they're like doing these great things, but I, they're doing it for a pat on the back and like they're where, you know, they're the kind of people who are like virtue signaling and like, you know, definitely making known all the cool things that they're doing and showing how, you know, like just and, you know, fair and like good people they are. And it's like, I don't think, mm -hmm. you know, if you're helping people in that way, sure, maybe you're actually helping them, but I don't, I think you can do that in a way that is not at all motivated by love. It's you motivated by love for yourself because you're really just trying to show like how good you are and right. you know how great of a person you are and how everyone should pat you on the back and try to be more like you. I think there's a lot of people out there and they don't even really know that they're doing it. Yeah, I definitely struggle with that too at times where it's like you want to you wanna think like you're a great guy for doing stuff and we kind of just need to forget ourselves in uh, in the process of that and not make it about us. And I mean, I think, uh, is it Matthew five or Matthew six applies a little bit where, you know, Jesus says, uh, you know, he talks about when you fast, you know, don't do this when you, when you pray, like, you know, go and do it in secret. And the idea is like, don't, don't try to be obedient to God or, you know, show virtue for the sake of other people seeing it and you gaining some sort of earthly reward. Like it shouldn't be about that, but mm -hmm. Or even like that parable where it's like he hires the people in the morning and then the people in the afternoon and the people in the evening and then he pays them all the same amount and the people who got hired in the morning are like, what the heck? And he's like, I, you know, I didn't tell you how much I was going to pay you. And like, frankly, like you should be grateful for what you get and not, you know, you know, I don't know if that's an exact parallel yeah, to I'm what kinda, we're talking I'm, about here. I'm kind of lost on the connection there, but I believe that you see it. <laughs> that was <laughs> like that was kind of patronizing <laughs> i was thinking in the sense of like basically what you do like your good deeds including like trying to quote unquote love others if you're doing it be like you're just doing it all because you think it's going to get you like a better reward from god then that's not the correct motivation but okay. yeah maybe okay. i gotcha. i don't know maybe i am taking that out of context a little or like you know misinterpreting the meaning in this case but you'd be whoops you know it's okay i can i can use scripture however i want right so i think uh maybe the last thing to talk about on this segment is um what are kind of some practical takeaways for dealing with people um I, I, dealing is not the right word for uh, how do we how do we love people who we find different on just like a personality or in a, you know differences in what we are looking for out of interactions level? How do we love people in that way? Obviously, it's gonna look different for different people and for different situations. But mm -hmm. I think an important thing is probably to remind ourselves of how frustrating and difficult we can be sometimes. Yeah. You can't think you're all peaches and cream if you want to uh, try and relate to other people and, and how, wow, this is not coming out right. Um, <laughs> it's you can't think that you're just like this perfect. Yeah, I know. As soon as I said peaches and cream, I, for, I, as soon as I came out of my mouth, I was like, what am I saying? I never <laughs> say that. You can't be all banana butterscotch with people. Yeah, you can't be all whoop-de-floop-de-doo or... 
No. Special too, too, boy. Too random. Special boy syndrome. Yeah. I put on a face and I go, special boy doesn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Before we recorded this podcast, <laughs> she was like, uh, she said something about like, oh, special boy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess that kind of relates. <laughs> so thanks to Tori for reminding me of good old SBS. <laughs> Got a severe case of SBS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I get it a lot these days. I'm like, oh, I have to watch a one hour Zoom lecture. And then I <laughs> it's like. chronic. And I just like, I don't know, put the computer on and go do whatever, and it doesn't matter. So I can't even complain. But <laughs> um, back to what I was saying. Uh, yeah, we can't think we're just a dream to interact with and we kind of have to recognize the difficulties that we have and and hopefully that gives us sort of a a a springboard into sympathizing with other people but i think one principle i kind of try to keep in mind is if you know if i had a a really difficult situation and i had to bug a friend about it and you know talk with them and lean on them what would I want them to be like and you know when when I'm in situations where I'm finding you know a lack of energy or a lack of something I try to remind myself of that and like you know I would want a friend to do this for me and and really it it just goes back to you know Jesus saying like treat others the way you would want to be treated or you know not in that that wording but you know love your neighbor as yourself (laughs) yeah and obviously I think your capacity to love others is only going to grow the more you understand God's love for you. You know, it's that's, you know, the ultimate basis here. Right. So it's like, if you want to get better at loving others, like you need to first understand more how Jesus loved you. Like you can't just muster up love for people. Right. And, and that's backwards from the way the world talks about this sort of thing, because they would say you need to love yourself first which is not the answer. That's like that's like straight out that's of gonna Satan make you right more, there. Yeah, I feel like that makes you more selfish and like less able to love others if you really do start loving yourself more. Because the more I right. love myself, the more I'm just going to not like anyone who gets in my way, you know? Mm-hmm. But if I understand so, that like I don't deserve love, but I get it anyway, then that fuels me to give love to others who yeah. may or yeah, may exactly. not deserve it. And that that's pretty much the whole thing with uh, like what Jesus was getting at with the parable of the ungrateful servant where, you know, he's forgiven much, so he should be able to forgive little. It's like, well, we were loved much. We should be able to love a little to others. Um, but moving on a little bit, because there are two more sort of categories that I want to talk about, although we'll probably talk about each of them for less time and in uh more precise detail uh or less precise detail i was gonna say we're gonna do it faster but better yeah we're gonna go more in depth and quicker um (laughs) going to graduate level courses um so the next thing that i think we should discuss uh, is what do you do with people in the church with whom you have conflict with um well, there's, you know, there's a, there's a passage about that, but I mean, you know, you well, could if you use... want to look at the answer key. I guess. <laughs> well, isn't that, I can't remember that 
Well, it's Matthew something. I totally forget. Like, Dad always, like, quoted it off the top of his head to us because he deals with that a lot. Um, You know, obviously, it's... You have to, like... Well, actually, so part of... what's the verse? I forget which chapter it is of Matthew. I want to... It's not Matthew 18, But what's the wording of it? It's the one that's, like, you know... First, you go to the brother, and if he doesn't listen to you, then you get someone else. I feel like, you know, there's even, like, a preliminary step there, though, where you, like, we do a sort of a conflict resolution, like, training here with Avon, um, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, the first thing is you have to just, like, figure out, can you overlook whatever you're, like, mad about, you know? Is it, you know, is it something you can just, like, forgive? Because, like, if it mm-hmm. is, you should. And, yeah, th- there are definitely times when it's not just something you can overlook. But it's, like, start with that. You know, you don't just confront everyone about everything that bothers you. Because maybe it's your problem. Or maybe it's just not that big of a deal in the context of, like, right. the fact that, you know, God has forgiven you, like, all your sins. like And, you know. and a, a big distinction with that is... If it's something you can overlook and forgive, it has to be like, that's not getting stored up, you know, for the future. It's something, you know, you know, water off a duck's back, just whoosh, just yeah. like it's gone. You know, it's not like I'm charging my laser and then yeah. someday I'm going to. And there's a lot of cases where it does like turn into that for people. So it it's like that's a real a dangerous yeah. that it's a real danger that you have to look out for, you know, especially in the context of like we talk about in the context of like teams like you know mission teams where it's like out of nowhere someone just like blows up on someone it's like it's actually Mm -hmm. because like they had all this bitterness stored up and you know you have to be on guard against that so yeah if it is something you can overlook without doing that good but if if it is going to lead you to become bitter it is better to address it but you know you can address a conflict with someone in a way that's not a confrontation you know that's kind of like what the whole conflict resolution thing is about is like if you're going to someone and you're like all nervous or scared or like angry or whatever because you think it has to be this big like hey we are in conflict and that is you know this is a fight basically it's you're not doing it right you know you should be viewing it as it's the two of you trying to reach reconciliation not yeah same team against each other yeah so I think that is important to keep it, you know, because if you're going to someone in the church, they are your brother or sister, or at the very least, you have to assume they are. So, like, you should have that mindset and not be going to them either to, like, win the argument or whatever it is. You know, you should be going to them with the goal of reconciling and trusting, you know, assuming the best, like, that they want the same. Even if Mm -hmm. you don't know that for sure, like, you got to assume the best. You know, it's funny you say all this because we have a a club through MCW, mostly through the Christian Medical Dental Association called the Missions Interest Group. And we will have different missionaries uh, through there's this uh, doctor and his wife who were missionaries in Nepal for like a number of years. And so they know every every missionary knows each other. If you've been in, you know, in the field long enough. Yeah, it's kind of true. (laughs) I, I don't know how, but they all know each other. And uh they'll you know they'll invite different people but one one pair one 
missionary couple, they basically talked about conflict conflict resolution because, you know, I guess that's a big thing in the uh, in missionary work. And he said a lot of the same things you just said. So I think that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely I mean, I think why it's so important for missionaries is because it's like you're working on this team for like this you know goal of obviously like sharing the gospel but if you're in this new culture it's like these people are the only people who are like very similar to you so it's like obviously you're not only spending a lot of time around them it's important to have healthy relationships with them because they're kind of like your your grounding in a sense you know because as much as we all want to be like able to fit in anywhere like no one can really just do that perfectly or at least not immediately so it's like you need to have good relationships with the people that like are from the same place as you but that's Mm -hmm. sort of an aside i guess yeah well i think this gets into a lot of the important stuff well like when when people are in the church oh can you hear the bird clock i can which bird is eight that? o'clock is the most ridiculous one what does gavin think of the bird clock well, did you see the tiktok that i made no i'm not on tiktok <laughs> honestly yeah. at this point i should just for join you. to watch yours and evans but i feel like if i join i'm gonna get sucked in and i don't want to do that <laughs> i uh i watched like i would scroll through for a little bit and then i was like oh this is all garbage like none of it's any good and i do so I see just like funny it. ones sometimes that show up like on instagram or something but even then i have to admit i just it's kind of embarrassing but it's like sometimes i'm just too impatient to watch <laughs> six second videos when i could just I look at pictures so and just look at memes you know if i want to laugh it's like <laughs> i'm not watching this video that takes five seconds <laughs> especially when i don't know good. like okay i don't understand tiktok and i don't understand how like a lot of them are like it'll you know say something and it'll just be someone and it takes they just like make you wait like you know five or six seconds before they show you the funny oh, thing yeah. or the point or whatever it is i don't get it like i hate that yeah i'm don't like get, it either. get to the I point i'm impatient <laughs> yeah i don't know i There's can read fast stuff, you know <laughs> right what were we talking about? Oh, um, well, bird clock. Bird um, clock, difficult people in the church. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what else So you... you're getting at the, the main root of the issue, which is when people are in the church, like, you have a... You almost have, like, an obligation to reconcile with them. Or at the very least, get to a point where you can say that you are not wishing any ill of them. You're trying to believe the best about them. And maybe you have to go your separate ways. Like, you know, Paul and... Oh, gosh, was it Barnabas? Cyrus? Paul and Barnabas, right? No, yeah, Barnabas. Oh, Paul and Silas? No, 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 I think it is Barnabas. Okay. I think. We'll go with that. And then if listeners hear this and they're like, no, gosh dang it. You know, it's like when you're watching Jeopardy and you're like, it's Donkey Kong. Haven't you ever played a video? Yeah, anyways. (laughs) um, Yeah, you have this obligation to get to a point where you recognize their status before God and you uh, you can move beyond like believing ill about them or wishing ill on them so um but then the third category that i think we need to talk about is what do you do with difficult people outside the church and we'll say we'll say conflict with people outside the church because i would say if if it's just inner uh interpersonal issues and like clashing personalities you have that 
like the exact same thing that we said in the first category, the first segment of this podcast applies to that exact same. But with conflict with people outside the church, I think we approach that very differently. And one of the reasons why is we have to, we have to be very careful about our witness and we have to try and show them grace and mercy like as as perfectly as we can because uh in a sense our witness is on the line but also it's it's a good opportunity to to love them and hopefully you know maybe that will do something it's like uh where we're commanded to forgive and it's like heaping hot coals on someone's head and you know mm-hmm. i've heard several different explanations for what the hot coals are but the bottom line is you know it like hopefully leads to them repenting mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you hear the different explanations on that one but you know the cold the is... hurt is it a good thing is it a bad thing i don't know i don't know the point maybe both doesn't matter you know, maybe the point is you should just do it and stop asking questions <laughs> stop asking so many questions you know um, you shouldn't really care about the coals that much but yeah but yeah, I feel like that's a good, good synopsis. Mm-hmm. Is um, that it? <laughs> well, I'm trying to, Did I feel like, was there another, another guy or like another category? I mean, of difficult people that we hadn't hit on yet. Like, I thought I remembered you saying there were two. Mm, two people outside the church. I don't know. <laughs> Earlier when you said we we're going to do the next two, but faster and better, remember? <laughs> oh, oh, the first one was uh, not interpersonal con- or not interpersonal issues, but conflict with people in the church. And the second one was conflict with people outside of the church. <clears throat> okay. Which is what we're on now. Gotcha. Yeah. I was trying to gauge like how many topics we had left, you know, <laughs> like yeah, whether I mean, it was like we should try to encapsulate more like whether we can elaborate more on this um yeah no no feel free to elaborate i don't know i'm trying to think of well okay here's here's one thing so i think there's there's sort of a principle that we have to consider which is where you have to oppose something because it's wrong and uh untrue and evil and sometimes that means you kind of ruin a relationship with someone inside or outside the church but here we'll just say outside like for example i think there are times where you know being a faithful christian you will have to oppose things and that will lead to much ire from people who uh subscribe to some sort of other worldview and uh those are difficult circumstances but um i think we have to approach that difficult uh, or carefully because it's very difficult and uh this was actually one of the things we were considering doing for this podcast but yeah and <clears throat> i get you know i think we can save some of it for whenever we get around to that episode but i think the right. question is kind of like uh how do you if there's someone who just, you know, you disagree with and they probably, you know, maybe not necessarily, but depending on their worldview, they might just go ahead and like start hating you or at least, you know, just like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want anything to do with you, basically, or they don't like you. You know, we don't want to 
like do the same thing basically you know we don't have that option to uh either hate them or whatever it is you know just we're supposed to love them so like how do you do that you know yeah that it it can be very difficult i think like i don't want to get too specific about anything but let's just say i'm right here uh, what if what if there was a situation in which someone was like oh in case anyone needs to know uh you can tell a patient that the satanic temple is allowed certain uh, ways to circumvent local abortion laws maybe inform patients of that and then you said that doesn't seem <laughs> very good that <laughs> seems wrong and people got mad at you for that you know like would you know that things like that happen in everybody's everyday life yeah believe it or um, not like <laughs> and you know you there are times where you have to be like no things are wrong and like even if you lose the opportunity to share the gospel with someone, because maybe they don't want to give you any sort of audience at any point. Um, like we have to, we have to honor what God has commanded of us and, and not, well, that's the difficulty. And this is where we can't get too into it because, you know, otherwise we won't have another podcast topic. But um, I think, that is the the circumstance where we have to be willing to have people dislike us and say, okay, I'm going to love this person as much as I can, and even if they hate me, I'm going to continue to love them. And I think that's basically where you have to land is, and, you know, hypothetically, I have to, or a person would have to remind themselves, you know what, even if you have future interactions with a person, you need to love them, even if they say some crazy stuff and get mad at you for disagreeing with it. You know, you got to love them because that's what Christ would do. And that's what he did for you. So hypothetically, I feel like the part that some Christians miss in what you said is like the part where, you know, we have to keep loving them, you know, because some Christians are just like, they're wrong. Like, I'm just going to like be as loud as I can and disagreeing with them. I, you know, I think in particular of things where it's just like, uh, I don't want to, no, no, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but there are some instances in where Christians are so caught up in like making sure they make their voice heard on what is right that they completely neglect to like continue to love their enemies and they just alienate them instead. And, you know, that's probably why we have people thinking that Christians are like mean and bigoted or whatever. But the point of all this being that you need to know how to still love someone that you disagree with which Mm -hmm. i guess is a very general point to make actually but that's that was kind of my thought process we'll just say stay tuned Mm -hmm. yeah i guess this could be a good like lead into if we do that topic next Mm -hmm. stay tuned for season two people are gonna wait with bated breath for that next one and their breath is gonna be bated for (laughs) probably a number of weeks based on the rate we're cranking these out will they like die or pass out i I think bated breath is just where you're like shallow breathing not like but i recommend that maybe not i don't know actually i think i've just always assumed that but i could it might mean you're holding your breath yeah i don't know i actually don't know Let's what Google bated breath it. means. Now that I think about it. Bated yeah, this is an important breath. thing that we should probably figure mm-hmm. out on the air. Right oh, now. bated. You are holding your breath if it's bated breath. Okay. 
Well, yeah, go. I've just assumed my entire life that it was like not the same thing as holding your breath. It means like, <laughs> you know, it's baited breath. Like you're still breathing. It's just baited. But that that's just like stopped breath. That was just the conclusion my mind made based on no evidence. They probably just went for the uh, the alliteration there. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, do, are, are, are we good on this topic then or did we? Yeah, I think we solved it. Do we completely cover it and solve everyone's issues? Because we lo yeah. we love everyone all the so. time, right? Like we don't. It's pretty easy. It's easy when you never see anyone and you don't leave the house. Okay, honestly though, like one thing that unless you read the news, <clears throat> one thing that kind of bothers me is when Chris like, and I hadn't really actually articulated this thought until now is when Christians make it sound like it's really easy to just like love people you know they're just like you know we're just like you just got to go love people and it's like well yes i agree with your sentiment but it's just like it's hard you know love is not just like being happy love is like you know right it's sacrificial and you don't get love things is... in return a lot of the time love is also telling people things that they need to hear but they don't want to hear yeah and doing that well and carefully. And they and could get mad and like, yeah, it's, yeah, and they can it's not mad. easy and it's not always happy. Yeah. And that's why you gotta, you gotta be real with people. Cause mm -hmm. if you're just, oh man, yeah, we're just so, so glad to see you. Yeah. Like all the time. <laughs> as soon as you try to be like, Hey man, you know, I think that's like an unhealthy way you're, you're viewing that, that ex of yours, you know, that you know, it probably won't go down as well. Mm -hmm. So you got to be consistent and real. Yeah, not not anything against anyone who like just talks like that, though. Where it's <laughs> yeah, Ugh. I feel like I like I know a oh, couple man. people who do talk like that most of the time, but it's like doesn't really? mean they're disingenuine. <laughs> I don't think I know anyone who talks like that. You don't know anyone. Well, anyways, that brings us. To the end of this topic and grant i hope you're prepared and if you're not i'm gonna talk a little bit longer just to give you time to stall and think really rapidly but now that we're near the end of the topic portion of the podcast we are entering the last segment that we always like to do which is grant what what has been working for you lately that was some good stalling <laughs> um i tried to really drag it out yeah. for you this like i have something i feel like i say this all the time though where it's just like i'm thinking about it. it's just kind of sad when you're thinking about an entire month and you're like man what was working for me like there's nothing <laughs> nothing good nothing yeah. new that's actually that's not true that. there's there's a couple things um okay real quick i feel like we can can we just stop counting animes as things that are things that are what's working for us because like i say one every time but I, it can't always be anime so real quick I, I probably need to stop at some point. yeah okay well real quick i've been watching death note and i really like it and it's old and everyone who watches anime has already watched it but i like it okay um anyway yeah. back to my what's i watched that 10 years ago i think yeah it's good for being like you know, if you had told me it was made, like, recently, though, I would believe it, which is interesting. Like, yeah, it's just good. Hmm. Compare, I guess I'm comparing it to, like, Bleach, where I watched some of the early episodes of Bleach, and it was, like, noticeably an older style. So, oh, even though it's about, like, I think it's about the same age. But anyway, 
onto my what's actually working for me for people who aren't weebs like me. Um, so I quit my gym recently. <laughs> what's working for me is that I stopped going to the gym. Um, but I stopped and then I bought uh, some more weights and a bench of my mm-hmm. own to have at my house because I realized, well, first of all, I pretty much only use at least recently i only use like the bench and free weights at the gym i used to use machines but just since covid like started getting worse i like try to keep like at my gym the benches and the weights are in like this corner that's kind of like separated from everyone who's like on the cardio equipment so i'm like okay this is a little safer than like over there but man like i went like two weeks ago and it was just the last straw where there were so many people just not wearing masks at all and like this guy you know i'm on a bench and this guy comes up and he's like two feet away from me and no mask and just like starts exercising i'm like are you joking me like you know i know not everyone agrees on the masks issue but personally if somebody's like exercising and heavy breathing right next to me i want them to be wearing a mask and like there are so many people at my gym who just didn't care so end of my rant i bought my own stuff so that i don't have to keep going there and i not only is it you know does it appease my anxious mind a little better about not getting covid i also just discovered like huh it's kind of more fun working out at home because you can you know there's no drive you can watch like youtube if you want instead of like just having to listen to stuff because you can uh, you can just have your computer like right there you know um if you want you can just like work out with no shirt and like it's fine you know you can control the temperature in the room there's a lot of perks so i was like oh this is actually just better all around so the only downside is you know eventually you know you get tired of the same dumbbell exercises but i'll figure it out (laughs) maybe i'll eventually buy more equipment or something but it's it's working for me for now cool cool i got you yeah so yeah man yeah man (laughs) don't ask me psyched for you you better not ask me about my ex um so i don't have an ex uh alec what's uh what's been working for you in the month of january well january this is ironic you know with uh your your what's working, the thing that's been working for you. Uh, we just started going back to the gym. Oh, really? Part of the reason, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. And part of the reason is because we now are both vaccinated. Since, oh, yeah. Since you know, Tori works at a hospital Man. and I, like, used to go to a hospital to learn and now I just <laughs> sit in a closet and learn. But, uh, yeah, so we're both vaccinated and uh, we started going to the gym again because we've been paying for it, even though we told them to freeze our membership. Oh, so we're going to the and gym. Like, it's really cheap. We though, are so it's invincible. And I, yeah. I know that's not really how it works, but. Oh, no. Yeah. We're totally. In... Nice. I want to believe. I'm jealous. But I can't wait until I can get vaccinated. <laughs> Just. Yeah. I don't know. With we'll states see. and stuff. Uh, but anyways. Yeah, so we've been going back to the gym, and it used to be where uh, we would go to the gym on Monday and Thursday nights, and we'd get home, and I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I want to go. And that was because I would spend the whole day at school, and then I'd come home, and, 
you know, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't really want to go to the gym because I just got home. And now I am home all the frickin' time, and so I look forward to going to the gym, and I drink my pre-workout, and I get all revved up, and then I go and I, you know, lift some weights, and then I do the, the bike for, like, an hour or until Tori, oh, wow. like, you know, is ready to go home, and um, it's been so good. So uh, we, I really like going to the gym. And, you know, to keep in line with also what's working for you. I, uh, uh, one, one thing I've watched recently is there's an anime called hi- Haiku. Haiku. Yeah, that's next H-I-A-K-Y-U. on my list. It's like a volleyball anime, and it really makes me want to play volleyball. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty good, you know, something to watch. I'm, I'm kind of done with human tv shows for a while now i'm just gonna watch cartoons for for big boys and just keep cycling through i know right it's like once you start watching anime you're just like i don't want to watch anything that involves live action (laughs) yeah because everything with people is like it's all drama and oh sad things happen and people are mean and how are we gonna how are we gonna figure this out and then with anime it's like i will be the best with the power of friendship and teamwork and it's like that's a feel-good message i like that yeah i, I want more of or that, like live action know? it's then, like oh someone got murdered and you're like yeah that happens on every show but anime it's like always unique because it's like there's this magic spell book that you can use to like make people disappear i wasn't trying to describe death note here but it kind of turned into that just described death note i was actually thinking of black clover when i first started to describe it even though i haven't really watched that whole show so i don't know the details but the point being you know animes it's like they can do whatever they want live action it's like if you try to make it weird and crazy and full of magic it just looks stupid so yeah it takes a lot of so everyone just gets murdered all the time and it's like this is getting boring (laughs) they're like the show is getting dull well we could murder more people and george rr martin is like yeah that's our that's what i have planned and well there's more going on what if there were characters who were in love but then they fight or something you know it's just like yeah whoever writes for netflix has you know, very few options and very little creativity. So one one interesting thing I've noticed with a lot of anime is like, I think it's a cultural thing where it's like American versus, you know, Japanese culture. Like there's still very much a like a an emphasis on honor and, you know, doing the right thing. And like, I need to defend my friends and like, you know, achieve goals and stuff. And it's like that's that's something we're just like missing in a lot of American media, I think, where in uh, for every single stinking anime, like it's always like they're trying to like be the best and they're trying to be loyal to their friends and like, you know, defend the weak and stuff. And it's yeah, like, it's, why don't what why is that only in, you know, these these cartoons? I don't get it. Definitely like that should be in more thing. stuff. Yeah, I, I think as American yeah. is much more like individualism and like. That's right. why every show is just about either people murdering people or like love <laughs> or figuring because, out like, who murdered people. Yeah, because it's like we're boring and the only things we want are personal gain through murdering your enemies or getting people to fall in love with yeah. you. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like every drama is like, look at me. I'm a clever boy. I got away with murder or like, look at me. I'm a clever boy. I figured out the murderer. And mm-hmm. You can only be clever for so long before house gets a little bit contrived. Yeah, CBS, you know, it's it wears off. 
Yeah. All right. Well, that's about all I have to say regarding this. Yeah. Um, I was going to. Oh, how long do you guys spend at the gym? Because you said like uh, an hour and a half. Wow. That's pretty good. Like that's a while. Yeah. I guess if you're doing cardio too every time, like I guess you know, because right. I don't really do cardio at the gym, so to me, an hour and a half is like, oh, that's yeah. a long time yeah, to be why. at the gym. It's because you know it's like super cold here, and there's snow everywhere, and I can't run outside because yeah. I have like <clears throat> cold induced asthma. So it's supposed to like not get above twenty next week here, like all week, and I'm so mad about it because that's cold, and I want to run outside, you know. <laughs> And I, I think I'm also just at the point in my life where I'm like, you know, I don't really like snow. Like, it's not that great. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I'm, you know, good thing I'm going to Alaska, you know, and, you know, joke all you want. But it's just like, I'm not, I'm not too into the whole snow thing. You know, if it was just not snowy from here on out, that'd be cool for me. Yeah. Who needs it? Who needs it? Tori loves it, though. Yeah, it, like I saw her like story and she's like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, maybe it's just the fact that it's February now. And I'm kind of like, when I see snow, I'm just like, oh, I'm ready for spring. But like I see it and I'm like, that is not beautiful. That is ugly. But, you know, in December, snow is fun. Yeah, we'll think differently. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Despise for Youth, or rather, I should say, you're welcome because I'm going to spend time editing this and providing for free. So uh, if you have any comments or want to leave a review, uh, who, who cares? So we hope you'll, you'll join us on the next one. And as we always... <laughs> wow, you really like that. Uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's kind of like, we don't even want you to do that. I'm not gonna read it, so like you can leave an iTunes review, but I don't care. So. If you wanna, you know, ring that bell or like and subscribe or whatever it is you do with these kind of things, do it if you want to, you know. Yeah, retweet this for me, cause I don't have a Twitter, so yeah, go ahead. Add it to your story, you, you know. Like, do as you feel like. Yeah, loud. put it on your your Snapstagram tiktok make a tiktok anyways yeah thanks for watching this is the end uh sorry for wasting so much time on this uh, exit hope you'll join us on the next one stay frosty later